Amen. Amen. I'm Isaiah. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. It's not just one encounter. It's encounters. We want you to encounter the Lord on a continual basis throughout the day, not just one time experiencing him, experiencing who he is, but multiple encounters. When you get in your car, when you're at your job, in your cubicle, when you're uh, talking to your wife or your husband, when you're addressing your children, you're encountering the Lord in multiple ways. And so when you actually pay attention to that and understand that God is in everything, then we all, all of a sudden understand that he is the God of the universe. And so we know that, and we put him in his rightful place. And when you put God in his rightful place, all of a sudden things make sense. Things that the world questions, you understand. All of a sudden, when you put God in his rightful place and you put him on the throne that he belongs on, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have this understanding and clarity in and amongst the chaos and confusion. And I just, I love where Pastor Luke went with talking about the harvest season. And I would like to bring some clarity to that for the church, because I want you to understand that the harvest season isn't an easy season. A lot of times we put the harvest season in a, in a box of, oh, the Lord's going to do it. He'll fill my barn for me. So I want you to understand, let me, let me pass you for a moment. The barn doesn't get filled by itself. Okay. Understand that the, it's one of the hardest um, seasons for a farmer is the harvest season because they have to go out and do the work of getting what is in the fields into the barn. It takes work. You can build a barn and sit there and wait for the harvest to come to it. That's not common sense. You can talk to any farmer out there. Common sense is I've got to go and harvest what I've planted and worked so hard to get. Now it's there. I've got to get it to my barn. Let me tell you, this house will not be filled with people until you go and harvest them. You, you got to become a disciple and go and act like a disciple. Can't just wear the title of disciple and walk around and not talk to anybody. It doesn't work like that. So the Lord is calling his harvesters. It's harvest season. Let's harvest some crops. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. All the announcements you heard, Revival Nights, make, make a disciples event. All of them. You need to write them down on your calendar. You need to be here. The Lord is doing a new thing. When we say we feel a stirring in his presence, we feel a stirring for this house. Something new is upon this place. It is not just words that are pretty. I'm telling you the truth. This house is a pivot point for the world. I'm telling you, this house is getting ready to do some things that it's never done before because the Lord's hand is on it and he's showing us clear vision of where we're going. And so all we're doing as a house is just being obedient. We're just stepping in with obedience, saying, Lord, lead us and guide us every step of the way. And so don't miss out on what God's doing. And I know you hear that statement a lot. I'm telling you, these are nights you don't want to miss. Every time I, I, I pray into these nights, I, I feel the Lord start to stir. And, uh, and, and in my private moments with the Lord, I, I, I can see the nights in completion. I can see how they're going to, to, to be. And, and the Lord's given me multiple visions of, of different people standing around the room with fires on top of their heads. And I can see it in, in my private moments with the Lord. And so I know that God is going to be in the house that night to pour out fresh fire. Don't be the person that misses it. Don't be that person. God's so good. This morning, I was, uh, there's multiple ways you can connect with God. Many, many ways you can connect with God. One of my ways that I best connect with God is through movement. And, uh, and I, was, I was going out to go on a run this morning, and, and uh, I went to put my earbuds in because I always like to listen to worship music when I run. And as I was going to put my earbud in, the Lord told me, stop. And so I, I stopped. He said, don't wear those yet. I said, okay. So I took the earbuds, and I put them in my pocket. And I started walking. <laughs> I like to walk more than I like to run. So I was walking. I was just talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm here. And I want. I want all of you. And so understand, you not only have my obedience, but you have my ears. When I tell you what the Lord did in that moment, 
I was walking through our neighborhood, connects to a park, and so I was walking through this, this entry path into the park, and, and it was really dark. You know I run really early, and, and, and it was really dark. And, and I'm walking, and, and as I'm walking and talking to the Lord, I notice a person sitting on the bench. Now, listen, it's, it's 5 a.m. Not a lot of people go and sit on a bench at the park at 5 a.m., especially in the pitch black dark. So it caught my attention. I'm about 12 feet away when, I, when, I, when it catches my attention, and it startles me because I never see anybody in the park at 5 a.m. If they do, they might have a headlamp on. This guy doesn't have a headlamp on. So I get startled, and I look at him, and I, I immediately feel this urge to address the person, you know, address the threat. And I don't know if it's a threat or not. I'm going to address it. I've been in training, okay? You know, I know what, I know what I'm doing, okay? So I immediately address the threat, and I go, hey, how are you? And the moment I address it, there's no response, which brings my elevation of, uh, you know, it's elevating every, uh, every experience I'm having right now internally. And my dog, Walter, will not bite, so he's no help. He's over sniffing, doesn't even see the person. And so now I'm looking, and I, get, I, I take two steps closer, and my eyes are struggling to adjust. And when I finally walk in, the dude has a pumpkin on his head because he's not a real person. And I have this full moment where I literally talk to this fake person sitting on the bench. And when I tell you, I had a rush, I had a rush of this feeling of, of there's a surrounding spirit that's not supposed to be here. And so immediately I started addressing it. I said, just so you know, I know what's getting ready to happen this morning. And I know you can't shake me. So understand I'm here to make my presence known you have to leave. So I start walking in like this authority, like, you know, skinny man problem authority. I'm like, yo, let's get it done. We're going to tear him down. You know, I'm starting to talk to the Lord and to the enemy at the same time, addressing one and then the other, letting him know he has no place. And I noticed myself the rest of the walk, understanding the clarity to the other spirits that wanted my attention. Ooh, ooh, ooh. In that moment, I'm walking. I could feel, I could feel the other presence wanting my attention. This happened this morning. Uh, this wasn't in my notes. This morning, the Lord's like, you're going to use this. So then I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I know, I get it. I don't think the church understands the month of October and what it means to the enemy. Now, this is not a bash against Halloween and trick-or-treating and all that stuff. Okay, I'm not trying to go on a rant and say, if your children trick-or-treat, you're going to hell. I love candy. I lived 24 years of my life on candy. I wouldn't be here today without candy, Okay. I'm not trying to say, not trying to go on a tangent, but I need you to understand the severity behind what the agenda is. This is what I, I wasn't even going here, but the Lord started to stir my spirit this morning. He's like, you need to caution my house. The amount of circles that are in people's front yards is alarming. When witches call circles, they're calling on the spirits, earth, wind, water, fire, and the completion is the spirit coming from the devil himself to bring it into completion. When you see circles, they're calling on something. Be careful. I'm telling you, a warning to the church, there is an agenda behind what the enemy is doing today. It's in movies that your children are watching. You need to be careful and understand and have discernment and wisdom to see what you can't see in the natural. You need to call on the Lord and say, Lord, I need supernatural wisdom in this. And so just a caution to the church, caution to parents. Listen, lead and guide your children. Teach and train. I love teaching our children about this stuff. Hey, be careful. Okay, be careful. That doesn't scare us, but we also don't let it affect us. And so we put up some, some strict lines. Amen? Amen. Amen. When Pastor Landon Schott was here, um, God woke him up Saturday night before he spoke here Sunday morning with one word, and the word for this house was dunamis. Dunamis means power, and he said it's in your name. It is our name, the power place, the dunamis place. He said this is our year of dunamis, and we love to steward prophetic words over our house, and so I'm going to steward this word for a moment if you don't mind. Dunamis is when God strengthens and fortifies. He had a shout at the end of his sermon, and he said, you will spiritually receive God's dunamis power.
power. And I remember us as a church uh, letting out this, this cry, this, this groan, this, this want for more. And as we did, God spiritually poured out dunamis power. Dunamis is used 117 times in the New Testament and has a distinct meaning. Dunamis represents the kind of power that is inherent in an inherent force. It flows from a person to give them the ability to do supernatural things like miracles. When the Lord was intentional about this, he said, you are going to house my dunamis power through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is inside of you, now all of a sudden you can do things in my power that you couldn't do before. So when you welcome the Holy Spirit to reside in you, all of a sudden you can lay hands on the sick and you see them made whole. It's dunamis power. And this house houses dunamis power. Amen. We've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. And we haven't even started yet. As I was praying into this, and Lord, I, I want to steward this so well, I felt the Lord start to rise up and say, this is your season to see dunamis power in a way that you've never seen it in this house before. And I started to see things like, like wheelchairs rolling in, and then we just park them over in the side because they don't need them no more. And I started to see closets full of, of crutches and canes because you don't need them anymore. And I started to see cancer go and the Holy Spirit come and fill what couldn't be. The Lord is working in amazing ways, and all we have to do is steward him well. We say, Lord, come, reside in this place. We welcome your dunamis power. In Mark 5, Scripture gives us a glimpse of God's divine power at work through Jesus. There we see our Lord rid a demon-possessed man of his burden using dunamis. And he raises a dead child to life through the same power in Mark 5, verse 40. Sandwiched between those two miracles, another demonstration of dunamis occurs when the woman touches Jesus in Mark 5.30. At once, it says, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? I felt power leave me. Who did it? And the disciples are like, don't you see all of these people? He's like, no, 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 it was a different touch. It was a touch that needed something. I could feel healing leave my body. I felt dunamis power. Ooh. The faith of the woman saying, I will not sit here anymore in my sickness. I have to go find the cure. As she sought after the father and came upon him and just touched the hem of his garment, even in touching the hem of his garment, he felt the healing power leave his body. And he knew that something had left in that moment. And she received healing. Oh, she received a healing touch because of her obedience of leaving and acting and moving. God started to pour out. And he said, because of your obedience. There's a miracle wrapped up in that. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is pouring out dunamis power in 2023 like never before. I believe that the end of October, November, and December will be months that we see things we have never seen before in this house. I'm telling you right now, church, just lift your hands all over this place. I feel this right now in my spirit, all over this place, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray. I pray, let your presence be known in this place like never before. God, we say, sickness, go. Sickness, go. If you need a healing right now, I just want you to, I just want you to say it out loud. Lord, you know what I need. Lord, heal my arm, heal my leg, heal my liver. Lord, heal my stomach, heal my mind, heal my heart. Jesus, I pray right now, in Jesus' name, your healing power. Let it be known in this place, Jesus. We welcome your dunamis power. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. On October 7th, Hamas, a terrorist organization from Gaza, launched an unprecedented attack on Israel. More than 1,400 Israelis were killed, while the Israeli military says over 200 soldiers and civilians, including women and children, were taken to Gaza as hostages. In response, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared Israel was at war. Church, you need to know that all of this is spiritual warfare. Hear me and hear me good. This is spiritual warfare. 
As they are attacking, they are shouting, Allah Akbar, means our God is greater. As they are attacking, they're yelling these things. Our God is greater. It's a declaration of spiritual war. They are empowered by demons to do demonic things. Yes, they are empowered by demons to do demonic things because people don't act like that unless you are possessed by a demonic source. I'm sorry, but you can't take a baby and burn it at the stake unless you have a demonic source upon you. I'm sorry, you can't strip women and do things to them in public unless you have a demonic source attached to you. This is not a game. This is spiritual warfare. This is not just a war. This is spiritual warfare. We are dealing with the demonic realm, and it has to be stopped. Over 50,000 people were reported in London, gathered together to support Hamas. They had to shut it down before it turned into a riot. These are the days we're living in. When the ugly uprises, people come to support it. You've seen it over and over and over again in the past few years with different things arising and people coming to just join hands with it. Say, well, I'm confused, so I don't understand. How can you only love one side? We never said we only love one side. Israel is God's nation. How dare you think we're not going to support it? But that doesn't mean we don't pray for the Palestinians, those that are lost, that are wandering. No, God has a heart for everyone. But in this, we have declared war against the demonic. It is not going to happen. We don't stand with them. Don't tell me that the world isn't lost. The Hebrew word Hamas means violence. It is found in Scripture, one of which being in Genesis 6, verse 11. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. That word violence means Hamas. This goes back and is completing biblical prophecy. When you go back and you start reading through the scriptures, it starts all the way back. And what God is doing is he's helping those who want to see the truth. He's bringing clarity through prophecy. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The end is coming. And you know, a lot of people, is this, is this a sign of the end times? Yes. Simple answer, yes. We have been looking at the word of God and seeing all of his things start to come to completion. All of these prophecies start to come to completion. We're in the end times. We are in the end times. Well, they've been saying that for 2,000 years. Uh-huh. So we're closer now than we were then. And woe to the Christian that thinks, oh, it's been 2,000 years. I know I probably got another 2,000. It's a scary place to live because it says in my Bible, it'll come like a thief in the night, unannounced. No one will know the time or the date. No one will know it. In Matthew 24, it says Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all of these things? He asked, truly, I tell you, no one stone here, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. 
As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Ooh, the church needs to hear this. But see to it that you are not alarmed. You're going to be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. They must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. This tells me that we are nearing the end that we have to be readied and prepared. Verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. He's giving us a warning. It's going to dwindle down smaller and smaller, and those who actually want to please the Father will stand. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will, be, and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. They're all over Instagram and Facebook. Check it out. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Verse 13, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The Lord is working. He's getting his church ready because the church is, the, God is coming back for a church without spot or equal. He's coming back for his bride. God is coming back for his bride and we must be ready. The world is so distracted by so many things and they get pulled into all these little pockets of, of confusion and, and areas where they, they have addictions to different things and, and they always get their attention taken off the father. And as they take their attention off the father, they all of a sudden become confused and then they just run. And then something like this breaks out and Israel gets attacked and it's like, oh, oh, this, 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 is this the end times? I don't know. I'm confused. Because your lifestyle has been a lifestyle of confusion. The Lord is calling the church back to him and him only. Him only. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, I got a lot of scripture today. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Okay, so I want you to understand here. This is a great explanation of the end. You need to write this down. This is a map. This is a great what the Lord's going to do. Jesus is coming back. And this is proof. He's letting us know what's going to be. Those that have already gone to be with him, their bodies will lift up. Then we'll meet them in heaven. We're going to meet them in the air with the Lord. And he's going to, he's going to wrap us up and we're all going to go up. It's going to be great. This is huge. This is great news. I'm going to go to heaven. Are you? We got one. That's pretty good. Jesus left the 99. I'm down. I ask a question like a father. A father to his son or to his daughter. Church, are you ready? Are you actually ready for his return? Because if so, 1 Thessalonians is your verse. And you get to see that map come to completion. Whether you end up in the grave before it, or you die because of it. No matter what, you get 
what that reward is. Eternal life. Zechariah 2, verse 8 says, after a period of glory, the Lord of heaven's army sent me against the nations who plundered you. For he said, anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. He's talking about Israel. Another version says, for whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. I will raise my fist to crush them and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. It's the apple of his eye. Israel is God's nation. It's God's nation. Zechariah. Chapter 14. A day of the Lord is coming, Jerusalem, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls. I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped. Half of the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. He's coming back, and he will stand with his own two feet on the Mount of Olives. This nation is God's nation, and he's coming back to that nation. Oh, with a loud triumphant noise. Ah, on that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and the holy ones with him. This is all a declaration of truth. This is what's going to be. And we as a church, we need to understand, for, forget, forget living in between, uh, 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 I, I don't know, is it going to be A, is it going to be, the Bible is very clear, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for you, and he's coming back for me. And we're hearing war, we're hearing rumors of future war. Things that are happening in the Word of God are happening today. If you watch some of the ugly footage of the attack, then you saw as, as they were grabbing women and throwing them into trucks and throwing them on bikes and, 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 and stripping them. You saw the ugliness of Hamas. And what they wanted to complete was not just war. There is a demonic agenda attached. And so when that happens, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the devil starts to have a little party. Oh, look at this. Look at, this. Look at what I'm going to do. Look at, I, I got this. Now I'm going to add confusion around. Now I'm going to start from Harvard to other colleges celebrating in America, wanting to come alongside of Hamas, wanting to do this, wanting to support all of these young, confused people in the world. Let me take a moment and address those 24 and under. Hear me and hear me good. I'll turn my attention. You're over here and a little here. Anybody else? 20? Yeah, there you go. Okay, you're over here too. Okay, we're just, we're just going to spread it. Let me father you for a second. Hear me and hear me good. Understand this. The enemy wants your mind and he wants you confused. And so as you give the devil an inch, when you give the devil an inch, well, what does that mean? When you are on the internet looking at things you're not supposed to look at, hear me, when you're dabbling in things you're not supposed to be dabbling in, you're giving the devil an inch. And when you give the devil an inch, guess what he does? He doesn't stay there. 
he starts a triathlon. And he says, hey, are you willing to run with me? Are you willing to work with me? Because if so, we can get this race done, completed together. If you'll just take one bite of this apple, you can have it all. If you just take one bite of this apple, you can have it all. He just doesn't want you to take the bite of the apple because he doesn't want you to have his power. But on the other side of taking a bite of this apple will be complete freedom and power. And this is what we start to do in, in private. You, you start to, to, to lay down these things and you start to say, well, if that didn't get me killed, then I probably could do this too. Yeah. And the devil starts to work little by little. Hear me and hear me good. College isn't what saves you. God is. Some of you are trying to find your destiny wrapped up in a college. That's not what does it. All the parents that have already paid for college are like, stop. I'm not saying don't go to college. I never said that. But a lot of, a lot of students will go to try to find themselves around a group of people that don't know who they are. And so when they get wrapped up in it, all of a sudden you've got these Hamas groups and it's like, well, uh, I don't have clarity, so I might as well go see what they're talking about. And then you wrap up around this and they're like, well, we didn't ever say anything about the Palestinians. You know, we're getting hit on our, our social media about it. Well, you didn't ever address the Palestinians. What are we talking about? How far off have we gotten? Are we really that confused as the church that we start to nickel and dime every single thing? Are you kidding me? Why are you not nickel and diming everything that's going on the outside of these four walls? There's a bigger war to be had. We're bringing clarity and truth. And let me be very clear. This church will not stop bringing clarity to the word of God, no matter how many it offends, because I daily get offended in the word of God. I personally. Yes, absolutely. It's not a threat. It's not a war. It, no, it's just I know the value of offense. Because when I read God's word and I start to get offended, I start to hand it back to him and say, Lord, you see it. <laughs> I'm reading this. I'm like, Lord, what do you mean by this? Is this a personal attack, God? Is this a personal? Did you write this for me, Lord? Because I'm getting a little on edge. Now the Lord's like, no, no, no. I put it there so it would correct you, not offend you. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to correct you. And let me tell you, son, you need some correction. I'm like, okay, all right. Humility. I'm sorry. And now all of a sudden the Lord corrects through it. And that's the problem with the next generation is the next generation wants to prove their point. And I've got to have the loudest voice. The word of God has the loudest voice. And when you let them have the loudest voice, all of a sudden you get clarity. All of a sudden you have clarity, complete clarity, no confusion. Verse six on that day, there will be neither sunlight nor cold frosty darkness. It will be a unique day, a day known only to the Lord. Ooh, so good with no distinction between day and night. When evening comes, there will be light on that day. Living water will flow out of. Huh? On that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it east to the Dead Sea and half of it west to the Mediterranean Sea in summer and in winter. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there will be one Lord and his name, the only name. Oh, that's the time to praise, church. I'm sorry. That's the time to praise. God is so good. On May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation. Fast forward to 2017 in Washington, D.C., five to six pastors got invited to have dinner with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He said they wanted you to they wanted you to talk to them about what Christians believe concerning Israel and what they needed to understand about faith. At that dinner, he said, we want to know the president. And at the time, it was Trump wants to know what Christians believe concerning Israel and what our relationship should be. Pastor John Heggie. One of the pastors present at the dinner spoke up and said, we want the president to move the embassy to the city of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. We want them to do that. Fast forward to May 19th, 2018, the embassy got moved to Jerusalem. Amen. Every president said it should be done, but it never happened. May 19th, 2018, they had the dedication. 
At the end of the dedication, they asked Pastor John Hagee to pray, and this is the prayer he prayed. Watch this. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who calls the stars by name and measures space with a span of his hand, the God who is the king of the universe. We gather here today to thank you for the joy of living and seeing this glorious and historic day. We thank you for the state of Israel, the lone torch of freedom in the Middle East, who lives and prospers because of your everlasting love for the Jewish people. It was you, O Lord, who gathered the exiles from the nations and brought them home again. It was you who made statehood possible. It was you that gave a miraculous victory in 1967 when Jerusalem was reopened to worshipers of all faith. Jerusalem is the city of God. Jerusalem is the heartbeat of Israel. Jerusalem is where Abraham placed his son on the altar of the Temple Mount and became the father of many nations. Jerusalem is where Jeremiah and Isaiah penned principles of righteousness that became the moral foundations of Western civilization. Jerusalem is where Messiah will come and establish a kingdom that will never end. We thank you, O Lord, for President Donald Trump's courage in acknowledging to the world a truth established 3,000 years ago that Jerusalem is and always shall be the eternal capital of the Jewish people. And because of that courage of our president, we gather here today to consecrate the ground upon which the United States Embassy will stand, reminding the dictators of the world that America and Israel are forever united. We thank you for our ambassador, David Friedman, and pray your anointing upon him as he opens the doors of the U.S. Embassy to receive the nations of the world. Let the word go forth from Jerusalem today that Israel lives. Shout it from the housetops that Israel lives. Let every Islamic terrorist hear this message, Israel lives. Let it be heard in the halls of the United Nations, Israel lives. Let it echo down the marble halls of the presidential palace in Iran. Israel lives. Let it be known to all men that Israel lives because he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. As King David prayed 3,000 years ago, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all its inhabitants. Let the name of the Lord be glorified today for the defender of Israel today, tomorrow, and forever is here. Can we all shout hallelujah? Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me all over this place. We're not ending. I just feel in my spirit to stand all over this place. I want you to lift your hands all over this place, and I just want you to declare... Lord, we give you back Israel. It's yours. Israel lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your impact. We thank you for your power. Lord, we thank you for your dunamis power. And Lord, we say, go forth, God, as we speak it with our mouths, Lord. You're in charge. You're in charge, Lord. We give it all to you. And we thank you, Jesus. I pray peace over Israel in Jesus' name. Peace over uh, Jerusalem in Jesus' name. Let it be done by your spirit and your spirit only in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. God promised to bless those who bless Israel in Genesis 12, three, the Lord says of Israel, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I believe this promise from God is as true today as it was centuries ago. And I take his promises seriously. There's no denying God's sovereignty and his hand, both in history and in each of our lives today. The nation of Israel reemerged over 70 years ago from the ashes of the largest, most appalling genocide ever endured by any people group in history, the Holocaust. 
You would hope that the memory of this dark moment in history would forever serve as a reminder to stand side by side with the descendants of David as they resist the forces of death and destruction assembled against them. Yet hardly a day goes by without a rogue leader or violent group proclaiming death to Israel. If this isn't a sign of the end times, I don't know what is. The nation of Israel is God's chosen people. This was the line which God chose to produce Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The truth of God's prophets came through this nation. And in Psalms 122, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions sake, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Every other nation was founded by an act of human will, but Israel is unique in that it was established by an act of God. It was promised to Abraham by God in an eternal covenant. Genesis 17, 8 reveals the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. The existence of Israel from its beginning is truly a miracle. And the fact that Israel exists to this present day is a testament to the Lord's timeless promise. May Jerusalem be an ever louder chorus of God's faithful hand in the world he created. That called for a good amen right there. In Romans 1 verse 16, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For generations, from Egyptians to Babylonians, from Assyrians to the Persians, from the Romans to the, to the Nazis, now again battling. King David wrote about this, a song over 3,000 years ago in Psalms 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Talking about Israel. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. <laughs> Come on, say that with me. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Say it again. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Anybody that comes against the Lord God Almighty, let his enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. We stand alone on the promise of God, and his word is true. Yes and amen. 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 Israel belongs to God. God gave the title deed of the land of Israel to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their descendants forever. And so we take that as a fact and truth, and the deed is ours in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Genesis 15, verse 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, to your descendants, I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates. It's a promise. Worship team, you can join me. In Genesis 17, verse 2, then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. 
I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Fast forward to Genesis 26, verse 3. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. Stand with me, please. Everyone standing. What's important to God is important to us. What grabs the attention of the Father grabs our attention. What hurts his heart hurts our heart. What makes him weep makes us weep. And so we say, Lord, it's your way and only your way. We come into alignment with you this morning. We come into alignment with you this morning. If you need to make things right with the Father, just go ahead and take a moment right now. Worship team, don't start playing yet. I'll let you know when. I feel like there's some in the room that need to make it right with the Father. As I'm talking about end times and his return, You had questions rise. The Lord wants you to know today he loves you. Hear me. The Lord wants you to know today that he loves you. No matter what you've done up to this point, he forgives you. He wants you to make it right. He wants you to call on his name for forgiveness. He wants to purify and cleanse you today. That's what he wants for you. He says, son, daughter, make it right with me. Nothing would make me happier than to see you on this side. God's working right now. I can feel him working right now. He's working. Jesus, we receive you. We receive you. All of you. Feel his presence in the room. Don't get offended by it. Get convicted by it. The Lord is softening hearts right now. I can can feel waves of his presence coming in. He's softening hearts.
feel like there's some in the room. You need to make it right with the Lord. You want to give your life to Jesus. I have my prayer team come up. Can you just stand over here to my left? Not yet, worship team. Hold on. It's coming. you're in the room this morning, you want to make it right with Jesus. You're saying right now in your mind, there's not even music playing. This is going to be the most awkward thing in the world. I know. And I can't get away from it. I kept feeling the Lord say, don't, don't play yet. There's a cleansing going on in the room. If you want to make it right with the Lord today, I want to give your heart to Jesus. I want you to come. I want you to come and see our prayer team over here to the left. We're going to have a moment. Have a moment where we get it right with Jesus. If that's you and you're in the room and you need to make it right with Jesus. It's a big leap. It's quiet up in here. Your footsteps will be the loudest things in the room. But I can tell you the celebrations in heaven and in this house when you move will erupt. If you're in this house, you need to make it right with Jesus. I just want you to move. Go ahead right now in this place. Right now in this place, church, start to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you the question, if you can't stand in here, how will you stand out there? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're getting us ready. You're getting us ready. You're getting us ready for battle. You're getting us ready for war, Lord. So we ready ourselves. You're in the room and you want to make it right. This is for you. God's stirring in your spirit right now. You're feeling nudges. I feel the Lord saying, if you make this move, I'm going to use you like you never thought you could be used. Come on, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this moment. God put this in the service for you. He put this in the service for you. Are you moving? You're moving? Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.